Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning and welcome to Spotlight. Uh, today, I've got a really neat show lined up. This is a topic, I was about to say a really neat topic, but it's, uh, it's not a topic uh, that you hear and say, oh, you know, wow, that's, I, I, I love that topic, but it's a topic that we definitely uh, is, is important to address, and I think it's something that everybody struggles with and deals with. Today's topic is shame, and today's guest is Tony Lister. I was just on the phone with him before the show and telling Tony that I've been doing this show for years now, and I've actually had more audience response when I posted this on Facebook than to any other show, just with people coming out of the woodworks, uh, a guy I dated in college who I haven't talked to in about 20 years, I'm friends with on Facebook, and, and a whole bunch of friends and people I know just saying, oh, wow, Tony's so amazing, I love Tony, Tony's great, um, just a little background before I bring Tony on is that, uh, you know, I met Tony, oh gosh, probably like a year ago, and um, he stepped into my world. Um, he was co- helping to co-produce an event where I was speaking, and I got to know Tony on a pretty deep level pretty quickly, and he has actually played an instrumental part in uh, my life and in helping me to transition to uh, be able to let go of some old beliefs that weren't serving me any well anymore and l- helping me to let go of shame and of guilt and um, of the, a lot of the things that were holding me back. And this man has a true gift for changing people's lives. I think one of my favorite things about Tony is that when you are with him, you feel like you are the most important person in the world. And he just has a, a true gift for helping to transform people's lives. And Tony, I, I couldn't help it. Normally, when people come on my radio show, I give them an opportunity to brag about themselves before I say anything, but I, I couldn't help it. I had to brag about you uh, before you <laughs> even came on. So, but I do want to give you an opportunity uh, to and I give you full permission without shame, by the way, to uh, brag about yourself, uh, who you are, and, and kind of the ways that you've been able to step up and show up in the world. So, Tony, brag away. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this when you said, give me some of your background, because there, there, I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. I've had some businesses that were really successful, um, you know, a multi-million dollar business, and I've also had way more ventures and things that I've taken on that have failed. But uh, a friend of mine said that, you know, he sold his company for $600 million. And he said, the funny part about being an entrepreneur is you only have to be right 51% of the time. And then people think you're a genius. So you know, it's all the mess. But, you know, I, I started in college as an entrepreneur. Um, I, I had a little mattress outlet that we would sell mattresses and some furniture. And then I transitioned to real estate investing and over the years, bought and sold. Um, I bought and sold about 148 houses in a row profitably. So I really had something dialed in. And, um, and then I started teaching real estate seminars. I, I found that I really loved public speaking. So I taught all over, taught about 10,000 people through the classes that I taught. And then, um, and then when the real estate market crashed, this is when I really started to learn, this 2008, the, this, this lesson of shame that I want to talk about today. Because I want to, I wanna, yes, I've had business success. And yes, one of my... Uh, Social, like a media company where we had a big social media reach. We reached 100 million impressions in, in one week. So I've had some like big visible success and I can parade around and go, hey, look how successful I am. And 
you know, I've coached CEOs for 15 years, and I can, I can tell that story. Um, I have enough of a track record to do that, but behind that story is the growth that happens as an entrepreneur, which is really what I want to talk about today, because um, my drive to be successful was driven by shame. It was driven by this really deep emotional story that happened when I was young that said, I'm not enough. You know, like started when I was a little kid and was in a car accident and had scars on my face. And, and the other kids would say, what happened to your face? And, and then, it, you know, sort of like perpetuated in junior high school when I was a late bloomer and got teased for not hitting puberty when the other, the other guys did. And, you know, like this ongoing thing of this deep emotion that says I'm not enough. And so I, I thought making money was going to soothe that part of me. I thought it was going to help me feel loved. And, and what money actually did was it amplified that part of me that really deeply believed that I wasn't good enough. And it was interesting because I thought if I hit, you know, hit the $100,000 mark or if I could hit the million mark or if I could, you know, hit, hit these different goals financially that, you know, live in a certain kind of house or drive a certain kind of car or travel the world. And I would do all those different things and it left me in this place of not enough. It would, I would drive this fancy sports yeah. car and then I would just be aware of wanting to hide behind the car because who I felt I was was not good enough. And so I sabotaged my business in 2008 and it's led to a tremendous amount of curiosity within me of going, why the hell did I do that? I had a really good business and I had, you know, I had a lot of opportunity and all kinds of things. And I shut down and sabotaged it because uh, I just felt like I didn't measure up. And so that's why I kind of want to like point in that direction of going, um, I believe that, shame, which is like the fundamental message of shame says, I'm not enough because, and then you just fill in the blanks, uh, or I'm bad, yeah. or I'm wrong, or I'm unworthy. But that fundamental well, message of shame, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, finish your no, thought, Tony. Well, well, yeah, it's like the, the fundamental message of shame is that we don't measure up for what, you know, whatever that is. My body's not good enough. I'm, I'm not uh, lovable. I'm not attractive. I'm not successful. Or I screwed things up. Um, there's a lot of shame that I had around sexuality and how I expressed my sexuality, how I expressed um, around emotions that I was ashamed of, anger and rage and uh, envy and all these different things that I wanted to kind of like mask inside me. And what's interesting, and, and, and I believe that shame can drive us to succeed, but it can't get us to the place of satisfaction. And so there's some people that are driven by shame and they succeed. And on the other side of that, shame drives us to sabotage. Because as we start to grow and go to this next level, whether it's um, wanting to have love in our life, if we, if we are rooted in shame, I had this story that says, oh, I look at porn, so now my wife can't really love me because she knew I was doing that and then she couldn't love me. Or, uh, you know, I've done these things sexually and therefore I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I grew up in a, a pretty um, fundamentalist religious household and anything sexual was shamed. And so if I've done these sexual choices, therefore, if you really knew me, you couldn't love me. And within my business, it was like, okay, I could, I could go, hey, I made $130,000 this month. But what I didn't share on the other side was that went to pay off all the debt I had acquired the previous 10 years. And so I was broke the, the third month after that. And so there was like this, this shame that kept me in a trap and, and kept me from really being able to reach out and so, or, or to, to level up my life and to show up. I wasn't showing up in my most committed and, and intimate relationships and I wasn't showing up in business and taking the risks that I really wanted to do all because of deep down behind the scenes, this story that goes, you know, I'm, I'm just not good enough or I, I screwed that thing up or I failed. 
and I found I discovered yeah. to myself that I had in and I'll, I don't I won't I won't make this an entire monologue, but I want to share sort of what led me to this awareness was I started digging inside myself and and saying where where did that courageous entrepreneur go that was there in my twenties that that was willing to take all kinds of risks and that was enthusiastic and that took things on and got way out of my comfort zone because I found myself not doing that in my 40s. And, and I dug in and there was like this part of me that still existed in 2008 that just felt like if people really saw that shameful part of me, then that part of me wasn't lovable and therefore I couldn't move forward in my life. And so I stood, this is when I started really doing a lot of work around going back into these areas of the past where I'd acted out in a way that I'd shamed whether sabotaging a business or sexually or, or with, um, you know, anger or rage or fear or not taking action or m missing an opportunity. And I made myself wrong. And so I started really digging into how can I go back and find those parts of me that are just kind of lurking in my consciousness and bring them in and welcome them in. Because the truth is that those are some of the most important lessons I've learned as a human being. And they've taught me how to be compassionate and they've taught me how to love and they've taught me how to not take life so seriously. But if I don't go back and reclaim those parts of me and really come to peace with those parts of me and change my story that says I have to be a certain way in order to be enough, I can't live today. So that's, that's the, the, the basis of this for me was this kind of like introspective journey of going, why did I sabotage myself and why do I keep from moving forward? And, and really finding, like, these roots of this the shame-based identity that were keeping me from moving forward. Yeah, and you, you helped me um, to be able to do that and continue to help me to be able to do that. And I want to mention, um, I've got my co-host here, Rochelle Rodriguez, my guest co-host. Um, she is joining us as well, and I'm going to have her time in here in a minute. But, you know, uh, it was really interesting. As I do the radio show, you know, I... I I think maybe there's some personal experiences that I have. Maybe there's somebody listening that's having a similar type experience. And so I like to open up and, and get vulnerable and share some of the things that I'm struggling with. And, and I would love for, I, I'm going to share Tony with you an interesting experience that I had today um, around shame. And then um, I'm going to have Rochelle uh, type in and, or chime in and, and say maybe some experiences that she's had or in ways that she struggles with shame. And I'm hoping that you can weigh in on these and help us a little bit because it was so powerful. This last event that I was just recently at with you, um, you were able to do some really deep dive work with the audience on getting over some shame. And the thing about shame is I think it runs really deep. You know, we may think we're over it. We may think we don't experience it anymore and then things pop up and, I'll tell you what popped up for me today, and then I'm going to have Rochelle uh, share her experience, and then I'd love to hear your feedback on this. But, you know, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of my shame has to do with um, not pleasing other people, right? A lot of my shame has to do a, a lot of the times when I was growing up, I had this story from what I was told or from what you know, happened in my life that if I don't show up for other people, that's very shameful, that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt somebody, that I've, you know, done done this bad thing, and I feel a lot of shame. And it's interesting because um, I think I had an opportunity this morning to kind of step into that state, and maybe it's, you know, because I needed to share this on the radio show, but I I kind of go back and forth just in my life from being this producer, this like, 
you know, badass producer that, you know, is schedules things, type A personality, and then this, you know, deep, intuitive, healing type of personality. And what happens is I get into my producer mode and I overschedule and I overcommit and I, you know, get really ambitious and then my healer mode comes out and is like, oh, I feel totally overwhelmed by all this. And um, yesterday, um, you know, Gerald and I were talking about some things and I stepped into this producer mode and I scheduled all these appointments and meetings for today. <laughs> and then I was going over the schedule with him and I was like, oh, crap, I really overdid it and I I feel like this was too much and I feel like this is too much for me and too much for him and I started feeling all this guilt and started feeling the shame that I like I'm I'm gonna let people down and I'm gonna have to either cancel some appointments or I'm gonna you know um, feel overscheduled and and just had this 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 intense feeling of like guilt and and shame and it was really an interesting experience for me and and so kind of was reflecting upon that before uh, the show today, so I'd love for you to to weigh in a little bit on that. But um, before you do, uh, Rochelle, what what in what ways do you struggle with shame? Mine's around people pleasing and <laughs> and and perhaps even you know letting people down. But what what in what ways do you struggle with shame? Well, thank you, um, Tony. Wow, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. It brought up a lot of things for me. I definitely have the I'm not enough. Um, and it stemmed from, you know, when I was growing up, I had some, you know, run-ins with some drugs, which I got out of, and I, and I was very shameful of that for a while. And then I started to come out, and I was like, you know, I'm okay. And, and, but now I feel, because I just feel like it's not a part of me at all and so long ago, but I think that there's still some underlying there. Um, and then secondly... I love what you're saying about, you know, coming in like you, you step into the entrepreneurial shift and, and kind of use that like I'm, I am enough and you started like building that for yourself. And I was trying to get, you know, I had a really successful career in human resources and, and this and that. And then I went over and worked with the government and on contracts. And, but, but nothing seemed to be successful. It was always like, well, this job went away and this one wasn't, it wasn't feeling my heart and my passion. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Now I'm just not good enough. Like, and it was like this drive inside of me that I had to find something. I had to be more. I had to do more. I had to have more and show not just other people, but myself that I could do it. So that's actually part of my why. I'm actually in a, a multi-level marketing business. And, and I, it fuels me because I, um, I'm like, I can do this. No, I, you know, and it's kind of a self-motivation down deep inside. But then that sabotage comes up, like you were talking about. And I'm like, okay. And sometimes, you know, I've gotten different things in my mind. I don't know where they come from about, like, someone saying, oh, you're not a, a good leader or, you know. And, and those things stuck in my mind. And I'm like, I feel shameful. Like, how could I have been more? That's kind of like Allison's story, right? How could I have been more. So then it's the flip side, like there I am again, I'm not good enough, but I sabotage, you know, myself and I'll be really good at my business and then I'll back off and I'll be this like, at times I see myself being inconsistent and I'm like, where is that coming from? It's like the shame on both sides. I think it's driven from, you know, the shame and the fear, maybe underlying of, you know, can I be enough? It's really interesting topic and, um, but yes, that's, that's where I'm at. And I think that, um, just because one person may have said, you know, 
oh, well, you know, I don't like you or, or went away. Like, it doesn't have any effect. You know, like, I, I've, been, I've been struggling with that. You know, like, that person is better that they're not in my circle anymore. But why do I want that person so badly to like me? It's, it, it, so I do have the people pleasing as well. <laughs> I have some of that no, in there. No, this is really fascinating, Michelle, and I appreciate you bringing it up because so many of us deal with this, and yet for some reason we're not. It's, like, socially weird for each of us to share it. But when we hear, hear another person share it, we're like, oh, yeah. And it feels good to hear the other person share it, but for us... For our own shame, we're like, well, yeah, it's fine for Rochelle to tell hers, but mine's dark or mine's whatever. Mine's this. I can't share mine. So it's, it's right. Uh, you it's feel judged. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. Mm-hmm. It's easy to hear Tony talk Vulnerability. about vulnerability. Yes, but it was interesting when I had this insight, and I knew I wanted to teach this at the seminar we just did last week with with uh, Gerald and with Allison. My inner voice was like, "Oh no, 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 no! You can't talk about this." Like, this is too shameful. Like talk, like, talk about it from a peripheral point, not actually the deep core, what you really think about yourself. That's too vulnerable. So it's interesting. And that's interesting because I was, Tony, I was actually thinking, oh, well, to my mo- in my mind, I'm like, well, I won't mention that part. I'll just talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, just, exactly. <laughs> I actually just let myself say what was, you know, in my heart, on my mind. So that's, that's, that's a good how thing. That's how we keep stuck. Yeah. 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 Trapped. So, okay, before we get really deep into this, you guys, we we have about 30 seconds before we have our commercial break, but um, I just want to reiterate, I think there's some things that I'm hearing here, and Tony, I want you to address these because I think this is deep down at the core of shame, I think is the feeling, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. There's something that I've done that has created... Um, chaos around me or that made me less than perfect. There's something that has made me so that people know about this part of me. If people see this part of me, they'll know that I'm not good enough. So I'd love for you to address that. And and how do we get over that? Because that can be crippling to people. Uh, When we come back, Tony Lister talking about shame and answering the questions of how do you go from not feeling good enough to be able to love and own all parts of you and uh, celebrate those parts. I'm Allison Larson, and we'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready to be fabulous? You know, science has proven that women thrive in a tribe together. And now we invite you to join two fierce females, otherwise known as Sheila and Sarah, as they help you take the journey from flat to fabulous. It's fun, terrific stories and wise insight every week. 
Take better control of your life. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time for Life from Flat to Fabulous on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Create happiness now. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. So excited to be uh, having our featured guest on today, Tony Lister. Tony has uh, changed so many people's lives, and he is on a mission to help people let go of shame. I did some really powerful processes at the last big event here in Salt Lake City with Gerald Rogers, and I was privileged to uh, be a part and speak at that event, too. And for those of you that are just joining us, we, we have this um, discussion before break. Rochelle Rodriguez, my um, guest co-host, and I um, both shared some areas and some ways in which we feel shame. Um, Rochelle with not feeling good enough with um, some of the things that had happened with her, her job and her career with me. Just an instance this morning where I felt all this shame around feeling like I was letting people down, feeling like I'd overscheduled, feeling like, you know, I was I was um, was letting Gerald down and letting all these people down that I'd overscheduled. And, and, and that's not even the true story. That was just my story. That's how I was feeling and, and all the shame. But this can really be a crippling problem. And, Tony, I want to... Um, I want to give you some time to to answer these questions and to to please share with us how do you how do you truly let go of this shame and this guilt so that you know I can quit feeling like I'm not enough and move forward in life with confidence knowing that um, you know despite all my imperfections I'm I'm good enough the way I am what's the what's the key what's the secret. Thank you, Allison, and, and thank you, Rochelle, for the input that you shared. Um, I, it's, it was really interesting for me to listen how Rochelle was talking about how there's shame on, like, both sides of the equation, that, that if she tries something, she didn't do well enough, but if she didn't do well enough, then there's shame. It's like, it's like either way, we shame ourselves. I did enough or I haven't done enough. It's like this, this back and forth. And, Allison, I want to say this as we, before we go on. This, this sometimes sounds kind of like a soft topic, like a, a light, fluffy, you know, kumbaya, let's sit around the campfire and hug each other kind of topic. But my, my work over the last 15 years has been working with entrepreneurs and CEOs. And these are, these are men and women who are out there in the business world and they're competing and they're successful and they're very, very driven people. And this shame is crippling. And so overcoming shame is not just about like feeling love for yourself and feeling good. It's, this is how you make more money. Like this is how you take your business to the next level. It's also the way that you have deep, deep, deep intimacy 
Because unless we can get past the inner dialogue of shame, we can't let ourselves be seen by another human being. And therefore, we have kind of this, this emptiness that happens in our relationship. And when we learn how to overcome this, what happens is we're able to show up with courage in these new ways. And we're able to take ourselves more lightly. We're able to, like, forgive ourselves and move on. And we're able to let go of that. Like, we're able to get through blocks that have held us hostage before in not moving forward in our business or relationships or health or whatever it is we're working on. But there's this, this, this really common theme, and I've heard it referred to as the insecure overachiever. And, and I totally fit into this category. Right? Like driven, got to do something, got to prove something, got to have a purpose. Rochelle talked about this in, in making an impact. Right? There's this story that, that we've got we to make something of ourselves. But behind the scenes, there's this secret insecurity, even though we might look put together on the outside. And I think oh, that's me a hundred. That's purpose. me a hundred percent. I totally can. Um, yeah, I resemble that remark, Tony. I I yeah. feel that way too. I mean, people say to me all the time, "Oh my gosh, you're changing the world. You're doing all these big things." And then behind closed doors, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, am I really doing that? I don't feel like I'm enough. Yeah. I don't feel like you know." And I'm I'm you know yeah. I have this, and this then you might constant doubt of at my that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, really it, it, yeah, it, and at that point right is when, yeah, like, well, I don't even know if you do this, Allison, but that's at the point where I'm like, maybe I'm too being too much. Maybe I need to go back and not be so seen. Like, yeah, right. It's that. Bad yeah, part. maybe I need to shine a little less because I don't want to. I don't want to outshine all these yes. all these people that are aren't up to as many big things as me. Yeah, that's where we sabotage ourselves. This is why I, I, so I had okay. this, this business this business owner that I worked with for a long time. And, you know, multimillionaire, hardcore business guy, uh, like real, like one of the toughest, physical, physically toughest human beings I've ever met. But behind the scenes was this little boy that in the fourth grade, uh, he didn't think people liked him. And he went around and beat up every kid in the class. And then he realized I wasn't getting any friends. So then he had to figure out how to be friends with every kid in the class. And so as an adult, as a business owner, he's still kind of acting like that fourth grader. So th- this is what happens is we... we uh, we, we get stuck with this root of shame. And so here's some of the common areas of shame I want to talk about. Uh, one of them is body shaming. And women do this a lot. Uh, men do it also. I mean, I just got out. I'm actually in the parking lot of my yoga class. I just got out of yoga before this interview. And I was looking at myself in the mirror in yoga. And I realized that I was looking at my body and going, well, there's not enough muscle here. And, you know, there's not enough definition there. And this doesn't look okay. And I was just like, I was sitting there body shaming myself while I'm supposed to be in yoga, being all like zen. And, you know, my Instagram post on yoga makes it look like it's, you know, I'm like some enlightened being. But I really just stood there and judged myself for half the yoga class. So we, we body shame ourselves. Uh, we shame ourselves around love. Either we, we don't feel lovable or we, we're, you know, we're not showing love the right way. Uh, we, we shame ourselves around sex, which I, I separate that from love and sex uh, in terms of the shame category because... There's this impulse we have as a human being to be sexual. And so much of that is done in, in privacy and in secrecy. And so it, it starts to take on kind of like this, almost like this dark shadow for some of us of a, a part of our expression as a human being, but we shame ourselves for it. Uh, we shame ourselves around money. I don't make enough money or I have too much money. Like there's all these sides of, of, of shame that show up, our purpose and our impact, right? So often we'll listen to a show like this and, and we'll be envious and go, wow, those people are so successful. They're up to big things, but I'm not. Or I haven't done enough. The, the one, one woman that I worked with um, was a billionaire. 
she was a published scientist. She had raised wonderful children. She had overcome breast cancer. She had been the first person, the first woman elected to public office in her country. Very successful. And I, and I asked her one day, I'm like, why are you so freaking busy? Why are you doing this? And she, and she thought about it uh, for, for a few weeks and then finally answered me. And she said, I just don't feel like I've done enough. So there's this idea of our impact is not enough. Um, we, we shame ourselves around failure. We shame our, ourselves around spirituality. And then this one thing, and women have this a lot, which is I can't do it all. I think there was a commercial when I was a kid that, that was like, a, I think it was for deodorant, some women's deodorant. And, and it would show this woman that was doing it all and you can't let them see a sweat at this, like this game that women play of I'm, I'm going to be all and do all. And I'm going to, I'm going to show that I've got it all together. And I've worked with a lot of women executives that are good at this game, but behind the scenes, they're often crumbling because of the shame and the story that said they, they it's not okay to be tired or it's not okay to feel overwhelmed. So it shows up in all these different ways, but fundamentally it's a story. Allison, you asked us before the break, like, what is the message of shame? And you said, it's, um, I'm not enough. I want to I reframe that slightly, and I would have everyone consider that shame can be a message that says, and, and check in with yourself if this is showing up for you. Where I am today is not okay. This is how it shows up for me often. How much money I have in the bank today it is not okay. And it's never been okay, no matter how much money I had or didn't have. Where I am in my body today is not okay. Like for me, it's always been, oh, I need wow. another few pounds of muscle or, or I need well, to be here, you know, more just, better. Go ahead. Yeah, I just had this huge aha, Tony, if, if you were talking, it's so interesting because it's something that I've taught about for years and even wrote about in my book, but I never correlated it to shame. And that is, if only I had, then I would be good yeah. enough. Yeah. That's what shame's about, isn't it? If only well, yeah, I, mean, I knew how to balance my time, and if only I'd been more aware of the people around me, and if only I hadn't overscheduled, then I would be enough. If only I made more money, then I'd be enough. If only I had a perfect body. If only I was the perfect mother. If only I had, then I would be enough. And that's what shame's about. And really really interesting. I had a, just to get really vulnerable here, I had a, had a breakdown a couple of nights ago and um, just broke down into tears. Just got done doing this big event and had had another event that I felt really inspired to do last Tuesday here in Salt Lake and had these people come up to me and tell me, Allison, like literally, thank you for inviting me to this event. This saved my life. And, um, you know, was involved in this transformational process. You were there, Tony, the other night and I got done and you know, we're on this recap call, and I'm feeling like I didn't do enough. I didn't make mm. a big enough impact. I felt so insignificant and so insecure and so like I wasn't enough. And I um, just had this meltdown and just told Gerald, can you just hold me? And he's like, well, let's do some reframing here. He's like, what if you weren't enough and that was okay? What if you... What if it was okay that you, you know, felt this way? What if it's okay? And, and it just, you know, I think, I think you hit it right on the head. Maybe it's a woman thing. Maybe it's an entrepreneur thing. Maybe it's a human thing. But we all want to be significant. We all want to make this great impact. 
And 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 what was crazy is in my mind I'm thinking there's these people and they literally just told me because of something that I acted upon, their life was saved and I still feel like I'm not enough. Like what what is going on? And um so wow, that was such a such a profound moment for me. So um, we have our family first segment that I want to go into, and I would love to hear Lori Richmond's weigh in on this. But first of all, I, I want to know, Tony, like, what's the what's the answer? Maybe there's not an answer, but what what's the answer? What what is going on in that moment where, despite all the success, despite the, you know hearing that we've made this impact in people's lives or or, or making a certain amount of money or whatever, what what? is it that keeps us from feeling like we're not enough? What is that? You know, I don't, I don't know if it's just part of human nature, but um, the, I'm going to say what the antidote is, and, and then later we'll talk about how to get there, because it's really easy to say it. It's a whole different lifelong process to actually implement it. But I think the answer is a couple things. One is getting rid of the secrets, because the secrets keep us trapped. And that can be done in, in different ways. It just means being able to speak it and get it out of us, whether that's to a therapist or a priest or a dear friend or just going out into the woods and saying it. It's being able to give voice to it. Um, the, the second part of the antidote is really figuring out, can right now be okay? And this one's a hard for me. They're a difficult one for me. I've been able to experience it in bursts. But it's this experience of going, I'm going to let where I am, exactly where I am right now, be okay. And when I try to do that, then the voice inside me goes, yeah, but, you know, you should be more deeply connected with your wife. Yeah, but you should be a better dad. Yeah, but you should have more money in the bank. Yeah, but you shouldn't have this lawsuit going on. Yeah, but, you know, like your body should be stronger. You should be able to do this. And so it's interesting, the distinction here, it doesn't mean that I necessarily like some of the things going on in my life. There's some conflict in my life that's been extremely stressful, and I don't like it. It's, it's toxic, and it's exhausting. And there's challenges that I'm facing. I have four teenagers right now, and there's, there's challenges that I face that, that wear me out and, like, really take me to my edge. And so it doesn't mean that I like it. I'm not suggesting we just go, I love every part of my life. I love the financial challenge, or I love the health problem, or I love, you know, I'm, I'm recovering from a brain injury, and I don't like some of the symptoms that come up. It's not about liking it. It's about saying, can I let this moment be okay as a human being? Because this is where I really am. I'm not going to change where I really am in this moment. Can I make a change for the future? Yes. But right now, in this moment, on this radio show with you, all the factors of my life, I am not going to change any of those. And so can I just go, this moment as a human being is okay. And then yeah, I can well, start I... working towards modifying I love that, and I can't wait to hear your anecdote um, as well. I, I think you're you're spot on with that, and I want Lori to weigh in on this because for me, again, personally, just to get really open and raw, some of the deepest shame that I have felt is around and with family members. And um, you know, recently I went through a divorce. I was married for 20 years, and one of the things that was really hard for me was the last you know few years of my marriage. Um, it was a very toxic relationship, and I constantly felt shame. I constantly felt like I wasn't enough. And um, I'll never forget the moment when I just said, I'm done. 
I'm done feeling this shame. I'm done feeling this guilt. I'm done feeling like I'm not enough. And that's the moment I decided that uh, that relationship was no longer serving me. That for years I, I lived in this deep space of, of guilt and shame that I wasn't enough. So it's really, really interesting that, um, you know, the people we love most often can have the greatest impact and cause the greatest shame in our life. So Lori, I would love for you to uh, weigh in with our family first segment um, on, on, on shame and, and uh, give your, your thoughts on that as well. Lori, are you there? Absolutely. I, um, I'm so pleased to, to be able to address this topic because my 19-year-old son and I were just having a conversation about this a couple of days ago, and so I talked to him a little bit today just to reiterate some of the things that he had said. And this was remarkable because um, one statement that he made was, a few days ago, he said, I'm so grateful for guilt. And I said, you're grateful for guilt? Why? And then he said, it's a catalyst for change. And he talked about the guilt in his life that helped him to make better choices. So I asked him this morning before I came on this segment, I said, now, I'm going to be talking about shame and guilt, and so um, remind me again why you said you were so grateful for guilt. And then this is what he said. I thought it was so profound. He said, it helps me to keep a moral backbone. And so I actually went to the dictionary, and I thought, okay, so what's the difference between guilt and shame? And so guilt, um, the interpretation was it's a painful feeling from a belief that you've done something wrong. So it helps you to identify that you've, maybe you've gotten off the path from the standards that you have that you want to live by. But shame is a painful feeling that you've lost the respect of others. Isn't that an interesting difference? So I want to talk about, I want to share a story from my son Dustin um, many years ago when he was still living at home and he was, he was a, a young boy, I think he was maybe in middle school or high school, um, I happened to be upstairs and, you know, the audience members um, know that I'm a person of faith and I was reading my scriptures and I had this feeling that something was wrong with one of my children and I didn't know which one it was, but I had this thought to go check on Dustin. And so I went downstairs to his room and I I opened the door and I said, Dustin, I had this feeling, you know, do you have something you need to talk to me about? And his face, you know, went that kind of stoic, ashen gray color. And um, and then I found out something that had happened in his life that he felt shame about. And then one thing that he said, which was really important for me, is he said, Mom, I, I was too afraid to come and tell you, so I asked God to tell you that I needed help. And that was really significant for me because I realized the importance of being still as a mom and trusting that intuition and that inspiration to go to him because he felt like he had lost my respect. And as a result, he withdrew. So shame causes us to withdraw. And here's another example from my daughter Elizabeth who dealt with guilt versus shame. I had asked her to do something and to fulfill some kind of responsibility in her home, and then I went and did an errand. By the time I came back, I found out that she had not done what I had asked, and I did like so many mothers do, and right away I was, you know, kind of um, getting after her about this thing that I had asked her to do that hadn't been completed, and 
I realized in that moment how much I erred because I didn't realize the the extent of, of turmoil that she was in. And she said, Mom, I cheated on a test at school. And she had just come back from a girls' camp from our church, and she was reminded who she was as a daughter of God. She was reminded about her divine worth, and she was feeling guilt about a, a decision that she had made, which compromised um, her understanding of, of who she is. And so on her own, of her own accord, she used that guilt to go, and she went to the house of her teacher, of, of, of her class, and she confessed what she had done. And she was a 4.0 student. She had her, you know, her perfect scoring on the line, and she was willing to accept whatever consequence there was to that. And by the time she came back, she felt such a relief to be able to tell me this is what I had done, that I had cheated, and I went and confessed, and I was willing to take responsibility for it. So we can see the difference between guilt being a catalyst to shift you when you remember who you are versus shame that causes you to regress and causes you to feel as if you can't confess because you've lost the respect of others. Perhaps you feel you've lost the respect of your parents or your sibling or a a spouse or even even God himself. And it's really important to understand that guilt has benefit for us. It, it's, it's a gift, really, and it helps to redirect our path. And I, as a mother, coming from the family perspective, I, as a mother, have to remind myself to make sure to teach my children the difference between shame, which causes them to retreat from us, versus guilt, which helps them to move forward so that they can fix whatever happened that was wrong. So that's my message today as parents. Take some time to talk to your children about the difference between shame and guilt and help them to act on the guilt that they might feel so that they can take care of whatever might be troubling them. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Lori, and I love hearing your your um, your wise perspective and you know, how you're able to differentiate between guilt and shame. And, and, um, and I think that you, you bring a voice uh, to a lot of people who, um, you know, are, are, are feeling that confusion. And, and so I really appreciate uh, you sharing that. Thank you so much, Lori. Um, Thank you for having Tony, me. Tony, I would love to, um, I will, and, and by the way, for those of you who, I, I want to mention this now because, um, I want I want to to give Tony some time to talk about his antidote as well. So for those of you who feel inspired to connect with Lori, Lori Richens uh, is on Facebook. She is on a mission uh, to help families. And uh, Lori, I know that you have shown up over and over again for me in my life, and and I really appreciate you. So make sure and connect with Lori. Um, she is an inspired human being. So thank you so much, Lori. Um, Tony, I want to turn it back to you now, and then, and then Rochelle, towards the end of the program, I want to hear and weigh in on your final thoughts. But, you know, Tony, before uh, the Family First segment, you mentioned that you had this antidote. Uh, you, you know, we came, we kind of had that aha moment where, you know, shame is really I'll feel good enough when, or if only I, then I'd, I'd feel good enough. So, so what's the antidote to this? What is, what is, what is the solution besides feeling like you can be okay in the moment. What are some other things you can do to really let go of that shame so that 
um, you can enjoy enjoy your life. So, <clears throat> part of this uh, this antidote, and again, this is not. I want to be really clear. This is not like a one time thing that we do, because shame shows up so often all around us. This is like this constant reframing of a story about ourselves, right? This story that says, you know, like they're, they're, she talked to uh, Lori, that was really great. She talked about guilt versus shame. Like guilt is I've done something that doesn't feel good inside me or that harmed another human being. And shame is an I am statement. I am not lovable or I've lost the respect of myself. So like doing versus being. So we have to reframe the story of that because I've made mistakes, because I'm human, because I have all these different things, because I don't measure up to somebody else's standard or my own standard, I'm therefore unworthy. We have to constantly reframe that. But one of the, the tools that's been really helpful for me, and, and Allison, if it's okay, I, I recently shot a video where I take people through this process, and we can either they can message me on Facebook or something, or we can make it available. But it's a, it's a video that actually takes you through this. So I'm going to give you the concept, but we don't have the time to go through the actual entire exercise here on this show, but it's this concept of reclaiming these younger parts of ourselves. And when I first experienced this, I was in a place of, of a trigger with feeling really deeply rejected in a, in a relationship. Um, and, I, and my wife and I, you know, we, we were like the perfect trigger partners for each other. And so I'll show up as this wounded little boy, and then she'll, as, as all women do towards wounded little boys, she'll instinctively be kind of like turned off by that. And then I go into my trigger pattern of I'm, I'm not lovable and, and rejection and these different things. And so I had this coach that took me through this process of where the first step of this is to identify where the feeling happens in our body. Where are we embodying shame? And actually get to that and feeling, letting ourselves feel that in our body. And then once we're feeling it, we lean into that. So, feeling. Tony, are you talking we, about like, like that gut feeling? Like sometimes when I feel shame, it, for me, it's like someone just punched me in the gut. Like, yeah. so, so the, for me, I would be feeling shame in my stomach, right? Is that kind of what you're talking about? For me, it's in my upper chest. It's this, it's this uh, kind of like in the, the center of my chest as I feel this overwhelming, cloudy, confusing, um, terrible feeling that makes me want to run. But so everybody's going to embody shame differently. That's why, I, you know, like it could be some people feel it in their head and some people feel it in their in their gut. But we feel it in our body, right? This is not just a cognitive thinker brain thing. It's an actual emotion that occurs in the body when we feel shame. And so the idea is to get present to how that feels in the body. And then lean into that emotion, lean into that sensation, and listen to hear if there is a voice associated with this. And the first time I did this, the voice was so dark. I was so dark that I couldn't even say it out loud for a long time. It was, the voice was, I just want to die. I just want to die. I just want to die. Like, and it was like so startling to me to, to listen to this voice in me. And then, and then the next step is, so, so number one is you embody it. You, you feel where you're feeling it. Number two is you listen for a voice. And number three is you, you, um, you see if there's an age associated with this voice. And in my case, it was this, this moment when I was uh, about 14 years old and I had gotten into a fight with my dad and I had, I, um, I ran away from home and I was riding a bicycle about 11 o'clock at night through the streets it was in the fall and it was kind of cold and I was alone and I was crying because I didn't know where I could go. And I, I ran away for three days. And, and so there was this, this awareness of this part of me that was still out there emotionally riding in the street 
alone with no safe place to go. And, and so then, the, so that's step three is to like, see if there's an age associated with it. And then step four is to go and reclaim that part of you. And so in my mind, I, I closed my eyes and I went and I had this conversation with this teenager. And I said, Hey man, I got this place for you that, that you can come to. You don't have to be out here riding in the streets anymore. And in my mind, I created a space inside me. It was like this cool clubhouse where he could come and hang out and it was warm and it was friendly and it had games and it was just like this really safe place. He didn't have to ride on the streets alone and have no place to go and be afraid. And so I invited him into this space inside me. And this, this younger version was really skeptical. He just didn't feel safe. And, and, I, and I had to convince him. I'm like, I'm a badass when it comes to, to um, protecting my tribe. And I showed him all these ways I had protected the people dearest to me. And I'm like, I'll protect you. You're, you're safe. No one's ever going to get you. You don't have to be running anymore. And I brought that part of me in and reclaimed that part of me. And my nervous system settled down. There was a calmness that happened. Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was just like this new space where I didn't have to shame that young person who, who, who you know, acted out uh, violently and, and caused a fight and did all these different things that I had done as a teenager. I didn't have to shame him anymore. He was welcome with me. And it's interesting, Lori, she talked about a loss of respect of others. I would spin that just a little bit and say, ultimately, it is a loss of respect for ourselves. We judge well, ourselves. We I might hear others do it. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. So, Tony, this, this um, instance comes to my mind. And tell me if I'm doing this right, because I think this can be a powerful process. And, and you know, hopefully anybody that's listening can, can walk through this. So, for me, I feel this kind of this like punch in the stomach when I feel shame. And as you were talking about like what happened when you were younger, I had this distinct memory and like even talking about it now, like this is scary for me to talk about on this call and I'm feeling like tears come into my eyes. But when I was in first grade, I remember there was this boy that used to sit behind me at story time and he would put his hands down my pants and he would feel me in between my legs. And I knew yeah. my teacher knew about it and I thought it was wrong but I knew she could see it and she never did anything about it. And I have like, feel like this immense amount of shame that somehow I did something wrong that caused him to do that. And, um, and I knew, I knew it wasn't right, but you know, this adult in my life who is, you know, they're supposed to be protecting me. wasn't, I was really confused and that has, I, carried that shame with me for so long and it's really interesting because like that's a you know as an adult I can look back at that and I can think oh wow that you know that wasn't right and it wasn't my fault and you know he was probably you know had some that little boy had some situation in his life that probably caused him to do that and you know who knows what my teacher was thinking and I can think of all these things but when I go back to that moment and I see that little girl sitting there and feeling like and and I remember thinking wow this feels really good but I don't think this is supposed to be happening but nobody's doing you know and then feeling all this shame around it so what you're saying is go back to that little girl and just have a conversation with her and and tell her you know it's okay is that kind of what you're saying if you want to play along with this right now and maybe three or four minutes so um, I would say yeah. the first thing that you do with this little girl is you close your eyes and you look her in the eye and you say, I mm-hmm. see you. You exist. Yeah. Because that shamed part of ourselves doesn't feel seen. It doesn't. And so you look yourself in the eye in that little space and you just say, I see you. You exist. And then the next thing you say to this young person is you say, I love you for who you are, not what you do. 
I love you for who you are, not what you mm-hmm. do. So I would, I would say this to yourself in this space right now, and th- that this young part of you can hear this. And then, and then the next phrase that I, that I recommend you say is, I will never abandon you in your moment of greatest need. I'll never abandon you in your moment of greatest need because this part of us feels abandoned back then. When we shamed ourselves, we left that. We abandoned that part of ourselves. We didn't bring it with us. We just left it and tried to run from it and, and say it didn't happen or, or push it out of our mind or, or whatever. And so we go yeah. back and we have this reclaiming. And then, and then in your imagination, in your mind, you, you create a space inside you where this little girl is safe and no one's going to touch her inappropriately. And, and, and it's just not going to happen to her anymore. And you get to bring her in you and you get to hold this space for her where she can now, because she exists in your consciousness. And so now in your consciousness, she can exist in a place that you hold safe and you can, you can just let her know that she's okay there's nothing wrong with her for what she did or what she experienced and that she's totally welcomed and loved in this space. And she doesn't have to be afraid or she doesn't have to think that these things will happen anymore. That younger version of you is now protected inside you. And this is really this, this process of this daily reclaiming and really like battling away the story of shame and replacing it with this story that says, I'm a one of a kind human being, uh, I'm I'm worthy of love because I exist and I just do the best I can with what I have and I'm a flawed human being. I'm never going to have it all all together and I'm just going to let right now be okay. I'm on my journey. This is where I am. This is everything I've experienced. I'm going to let this moment right now just be okay. Wow. And really that is we have that as a daily. Yeah. And even as you just walked through that, I felt this lightness and this love for myself. It's the same you know, as I was talking about earlier when um, I was having that uh, experience the other night and, and Gerald was just like, what if you could just be okay, like in this moment and and um, and accept that you, you know, you might not be enough in some ways and in other ways you might be. And so it's, thank you for walking through that process, Tony, because even as you walked through that, you know, my soul said to me, yeah, this is what I need. This is what I needed to hear. So it's super powerful. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half left. Um, I, I want to do two things. Uh, I want, uh, Rochelle, for you to weigh in with your final thoughts and uh, maybe just take 30 seconds. And then, Tony, will you let us know how we can get that video for any of those who are listening um, that want to walk through this process for themselves? It's such a powerful process. Rochelle, what are your final thoughts? It's very powerful. I, it, it reminds me of how Gerald was doing the breakthroughs <laughs> um, with people. It, it, going back to that that place where you had the pain and, and talking yourself through it and then changing the program. And I like how you said, you know, it's a daily thing, Tony, because it's a daily affirmation because what, well, all of these years we've been in shame and we've been like filling ourselves up with the shame. So it's going to take the unfilling, you know, in each day reminding ourselves that we are good enough. And, um, yeah, and I love so, hearing so all of the stories because we're not alone. We're all, you know, we're people and we've all had struggles and, you know, we can be okay and get through it. So yeah. thank you so much. I love that. And, and thank you for that reminder and bringing that up, Rochelle. It is a daily thing. And thank you for sharing and opening up about some of your things on this call as well. Tony, we've got about 10 more seconds. How can people get that video? Just private message, message me on Facebook. Tony Litster, it's T-O-N-Y-L-I-T-S-T-E-R. 
Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show. 